0: Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. Today, we're looking at characters that took a new direction from where they started. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smithereens. And I'm Clifton. So I wish that there was a more succinct way to put what we were talking about, but uh, I've been struggling with this all week. So essentially, it's characters that were created as one thing, but over time became something else. So uh, I'll kick it off just to sort of like illustrate i think what we're what it is we mean um let's talk barbara gordon right so uh came into the world as as batgirl and then became oracle some what was that Uh, 25 30 years later Mm, right
1: 35 35? okay when was the million dollar debut of Is that what it is? Was that the issue? Yes.
2: Right. That was, it was around the 66 series, right? Cause that yes. was the thing is they were going to mm-hmm. introduce her for the show. So they introduced her to comics first.
1: Yes.
0: Right. And she goes strong as that for, you know, whatever, whatever your killing joke is. What is that? 88? Yeah. Right. Right. right? right. Yep. Okay. So 80, 88 is, is when we get the, the infamous, uh, Joker, uh, you know, scenes. And then, um, and then the characters like like has has like a brief like absence. I want to say, and then she's picked up again in Suicide Squad, where it's Ostrander like r- brings her in as as Oracle.
1: Yeah, Ostrander and Yale are the ones that are, are um credited, basically, with the idea of like for a while it's teased as a mystery. You don't really know who Oracle is, mm-hmm. and then it's slowly revealed over time that Oracle is indeed um spoiler Barbara Gordon. <laughs> um at one point you see like a, a stuffed doll that is like a, a replica of, of her in her Bat Girl costume you know it's a kind of a tease right. the idea mm-hmm. of who she is and then it's revealed so um
2: mm. i actually didn't know where the oracle stuff started i had never oh, okay. read any of that stuff so i didn't know how she got there so that gotcha. was interesting <laughs> oh okay.
1: yeah yeah it's one of those things where like she's she's sort of like helping out the squad and then sort of like becomes a member of the squad and then there's a point where um uh, I believe it's Cliff Carmichael, which is a character from, if I remember correctly, from Firestorm that strander also wrote. Okay. He becomes the thinker. And at one point, I think he's trying to like um, stalk her, but then he gets out of the squad as well. So it's kind of a, you know, it's one of those things where Waller sees the potential even in someone awful.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I don't mean potential. Mm-hmm. It's like they're a good person or they're going to be redeemed. I mean, just like she can use them.
0: Right. Right. So they have usefulness too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But Oracle's a part of things after that. So. Mm. But then there was a lot, you know, the debate, especially with when 52 came around, uh, the idea mm. of, you know, her being the most recognizable Batgirl. Right, right. Even though we had, um, what's her name? Bette. Cassandra.
2: Well, Cassandra. Oh, and then oh we, um, originally it was Betty Kane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Betty Kane.
1: Right, that's what I'm saying. Is we Originally it was her, and then we had, but Barbara's being the one that, you know, like you said, with, um, Batman 66, that most people... You know, again, the thing I always, the barometer I always go with, my mom, if I asked my mom to try and tell me who Batgirl's real identity is, her secret identity, she would say Barbara Gordon, I think. <laughs>
2: right. So yeah. that's
1: usually, that's usually my barometer of what the public knows. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I, I you know, it's one of the things where I think she's better as Oracle than Batgirl. Okay. I, was, I mean, don't worry. Tell me, wrong, me I more, was like, why? Um, I just think she becomes much more, it's, it's it's a much more of a niche for her or niche for Mm -hmm. her, the idea that she's, she's central to a lot of plots. Um, or, you know, Oracle's very, like, I'll put it this way. I I know when Morrison was doing justice league or he was doing JLA, um, Batgirl never got to be part of the, the, she was like guest star in, in, in stuff. Like she'd be like there for an issue or something, but never, there was never like a point where Batgirl was on the roster, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: but Oracle was. And I just think the idea that the information being like the information broker kind of thing, as well as the fact that she had a network, um, you know, she's got the photographic memory, you know, all that stuff played into the idea of that it used her. I think it used her better than um she did. I mean, I, again, I'm a huge fan of like the 70s Batgirl stuff, like when she's Congresswoman Babs Gordon, too. Right, right. <laughs> I like that. I like <laughs> yeah. that. I like that era as well. You mm-hmm. know, when she was in Batman Family with Dick, you know, when they were basically, the, you know, the, the dynamite duo and the two of them together. But I think she were I just think she works. I think the, the, for what. As much as people don't like what happens to her character in Killing Joke and mm-hmm. they think it's, a, you know, they think it's a, they, either they th- thought it was awful that that happened to her or they thought that she was being fridged or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, I think that, that, you know, again, Ostrander and Camille def- definitely took and made, you know, made the best out of a bad situation. And I also think the fact right. that she was um, for that community, for people that, that didn't really see themselves in comics. I think the idea that Oracle could be capable in both Suicide Squad and also in Birds of Prey right. was important because, again, we don't get a lot of that you know, with people that are differently abled in comics.
0: Yeah. I, it's, it's one of those things that I wasn't really reading comics at the time when Killing Joke came out. And it is more shocking to me now. Um, from a creative standpoint, not just what happens to her, but the fact that the, the fact that like, like Barbara always, to me, seems like such a popular character. Right. And there's always like a big demand for like stuff with her. Right. She, mm-hmm. she seems to be kind of a box office character to me. Um, so the idea that that character would have been allowed Right. To go down this dark path where we're going to have this like finality to to what happens to her. Right. Ooh. It's just is just interesting to me, just because I mean, just being a comic fan for as long as I've been now, even though I wasn't reading at the time, but just kind of like you hear sort of these things come up once in a while. We're like, the idea is when when somebody really gets the, the chance to, like, take a big swing on a character, it's usually when the company's kind of like, eh, we don't have any plans for that character. Go on, do whatever you want. Right. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. Um, and it just kind of seems. And, and, so, and so just thinking that, like, I'm just sort of like pegging that into, you know, D.C. at the time when Killing Joe came out, they're just sort of like, we don't really have a whole lot for her. Maybe, I guess, it's, which is why they let him do like this, this ghastly thing to her. Well, you know? I mean, Moore has always been. I think he's
1: always maintained like he didn't think that it was going to be a thing that would stick, which, again, I think is weird because why wouldn't yeah.
2: it? Right. But I like, I obviously, I've seen stuff where he said that, where he kind of thought he was just writing like this out of continuity mm-hmm. story, just that he thought was a good story for Batman and Joker. And that he's been as surprised as anyone that now, 30 years after that, or however long it's been after that, that all that stuff is still in play. Like, right. that's, yeah. he'd be the most shocked at that, I think.
1: Yeah. 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 He was, he was definitely, kind of, he's always maintained that least that he thought, nah, it wasn't going to be something beyond that. And then now it's, it's been something that they, again, you know, they didn't shy away from strangely enough. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it, and it has stuck around even still, like even when new 52 came out and she was, you know, suddenly Batgirl girl again. Right. right. And, and was, you know, walking. That was still part of like her backstory though, was like the killing joke did happen. Right, and I was like, "Wow, that's interesting to me." I'm like that the the fact that that they're still saying it happened, even though they're like kind of scrubbing the scrubbing it clean.
1: Well, I mean, right? it was one things. It was one of those things before New Fifty Two. There was a story that in Birds of Prey with that was written by Gail Simone that had a moment where she, I, if I'm, I can't remember if it was if it was some kind of conscious. I think it might have been Brainiac, but she's anyway. The story ends with, um. Barbara in the hospital, and she's able to like wiggle her toes, and so it's like one of those things of like what Mm -hmm. you know. It's hard to tell whether Gail was going to take in the direction that she was able going going to go through the process of trying to walk again, right? And then when New Fifty Two happens, she's immediately back to being Batgirl again. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, I I didn't read enough of Gail's and that
0: was was Gail's book because Gail Gail started Batgirl as soon as New Fifty Two had had started,
1: right? So it's one of those things where I don't know if it was the plan all, you know, that was just like, we basically see the backstory of what happened to get her to that point. Mm. But, you know, again, that was what was, you know, she was at least teasing at that point. So was that she might be on the, on the road of that. Yeah. I, I I agree with you. It's, it's, it is, you know, it is one of those things where it is for a character that's so, you know, we're only talking a couple of years removed from Washington when killing joke comes out. So the idea that, um, DC was shying away from more realism, quote unquote, in their books, you know, mm-hmm. is not unheard of for the time. Cause that's what they were, they were, they were into, but again, the idea that it stuck so long or that a crisis or a zero hour or one of those type things didn't reset it because zero has mm-hmm. zero hour has Barbara Gordon as Batgirl in it, but it's kind of a Batgirl out of time. And it's, Bar- it's Barbara, but oh, okay. it's, you know, she's basically out of time as opposed to being, you know, her, you know, I think, I think even Oracle or Barbara Gordon, you know, sees herself as Batgirl again. Mm. So.
0: This is one where, like, I don't really have a preference. Like, I like her as Batgirl and I love, you know, like, like Batgirl year one and, yeah. uh, you know, the stuff from the animated series and and even like the, the Burnside stuff that came out, um, you know, into whatever that was, it was that DCU, Y-O-U, <laughs> right, right. era, like, I like all that stuff, but like, I love, like, like, the 90s, like, Birds of Prey, and, you know, when she would pop up in Detective, and in Nightwing, and stuff like that, so, like, you know, this is, um, she's just an awesome character for me, I think, um, you know, and I think, uh, I think in the hands of certain writers, she works great in both, situations but um right. so so yeah so i'll throw it out to you guys you know we'll bring up a couple more the bat family's full of uh i think versions <laughs> you know similar to this where they come in as one thing and you end up being something else but you know i'll uh I'll, I'll toss it out to you guys so who else do you have
4: the thing that the glaring one that i thought of well to start off was harley quinn and mm-hmm. yep. which she okay. was yeah in which initially she came aboard on uh, batman the animated series right in which yeah, she was a yeah. um, bodyguard or a foil or a henchman to Joker. To see her change from that over the years, to me is incredible for such a small character that had, you know, a small role to play in a TV series. Mm. Like her, her, the eclipsing of the character and the involvement of the character, or excuse me, the evolution of the character has surpassed uh, uh, many uh, established uh, characters. that have been there for like 50 years, right?
0: right yeah no i'm with you like she she's you know the star of her own animated series that you know uh features her name and like yeah, right? a, there's, yeah. there's no there's no wonder woman animated series yet yeah surprisingly yeah. Yeah. right like mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> right strangely enough yes
4: yeah, yeah. and they're and they're clamoring for another season at that
2: right mm-hmm yeah and has had her own film
0: yeah yep. yeah mm-hmm. yeah Harley Quinn's popularity never ceases to amaze me because there is a moment where I thought we were getting close to the, to the oversaturation. Like people are going to get sick of her. She's kind of everywhere. <laughs> and it's like, nope, like apparently like you could, you could put as much Harley Quinn stuff out there as you want. <laughs> yeah. And people love it. People eat it up and, uh, <laughs> you know. And and I'm happy for that because I do like the show a lot, you know, and I like Margot Robbie's great, as you know, we said in, in our Suicide Squad review and uh and other things. Like, you know, she's she's a fun character and and has um not as one note as you would think. No. Right? I like the fact that
4: they keep coming back to her um her being a doctor.
0: Mm. My thing about
1: her is the idea that she again, it's one of those things where you know she starts out as sort of like a you know, I I think, the, again, it's it, it's the evolution of the character, the fact that at one point she's, a you know, she's pretty much a punching bag for the Joker. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she evolves into, you know, her own thing, even to the point of like, um you know, even the comics just kind of like changing basically her reason for being almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the idea that she's again, she started one thing and then she's become another, and you know, and, and then it's just like you said, the idea that she went from being. You know, an addition or a side character, or or a, the a, you know a gangster's mall for lack of a mm-hmm. better term, right, right, to basically being what she is now. Where I'm not saying she's more popular than the Joker, but she's probably on par, wouldn't you say?
4: Yeah, yeah, and such a yeah, yeah, In such a smart amount of time. I mean, I think the first debut of her was in '92, the Batman anime yeah. series, Joker's favor,
3: mm-hmm. and then seven
4: mm-hmm. years later, it she is main canon and um. The comic books you know right
0: yeah which i think people forget where she popped in but it's like she comes in in the middle of no man's land yeah, yeah. like during that event which like it which is yeah. just hilarious to me thinking back to it because it's like of all the places well <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah oh, yeah. Wow.
1: yeah it is not it is kind of an odd spot but still
2: yeah and it took seven years to get her in the comics
4: yeah seven it years did.
2: That seems actually kind of long. I feel like now... If, I now know, they, right? Now they do it faster than that. But mm-hmm.
4: Well, they did do the one shot two years later on, um, I think, Mad Love. But actually yeah. putting her in the continuity.
2: Right. That was still the animation continuity. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because she's in like the Batman. Was it the uh,
1: Batman Adventures comic? She's in that. That's like mm-hmm. her first appearance in mm-hmm. actual comics. I but well, there's that, and there's like a, a magazine where they previewed the animated series, and people like that's like their first first appearance, like mm-hmm. just a shot, like
0: you know, a right. sketch
1: or a drawing of her, kind of a thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. But she's. I'm forgetting exactly where it is in No Man's Land, but it, there was like a one shot that came out at the time mm-hmm. that Deena had done, um, with, um, you know, it's it's got like the Alex Ross cover of like joker in the black tie tuxedo and he's dancing with her you know everybody's seen on posters and stuff uh, like yeah. you know reprint trades like a million times <laughs> at this point right. like, yeah.
4: yeah I think that was what batman harley quinn
1: I think that's what it is yeah yeah yeah
4: tango with evil by alex mm-hmm. ross
0: it's a good story though but yeah no she's a good one she's um you know and and I'm I'm still I'm still waiting for the the Thelma and Louise harley quinn poison ivy movie <laughs> just do it already my god
1: Right, <laughs> it's coming. They're gonna. They got to figure it out. Mm. At least they're
4: trying to figure it out. Right, I was gonna part. say. They're,
1: they're. I'm sure yeah. there's someone. Someone is somewhere furiously figuring out what how they're going to do it.
4: Well, the thing is, the, the thing that makes it um unique to me is Harley Quinn fills in that role that they thought Batgirl would fill in.
1: Mm. What
4: do you mean? Teenage girls love Harley Quinn. True. And then oh, to me, yeah. I, you would think that that would be the crowd that goes for a backer. Hmm. But for some reason, she pops more. Well, for a lot of reasons, but I, mm-hmm. me, me being not a teenage girl don't seem to understand clearly. So. <laughs> right. But now she's definitely
0: turned into an icon over the years. Yes. Oh, yeah. Frank Clifton, you guys got, got somebody else?
2: I mean, drifting away from Batman, but still, I think, staying in the spirit of Harley Quinn, I'd go to Marvel with Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. That Deadpool's introduction yeah. was a straight villain like... A complete ripoff of, of uh, <laughs> Deathstroke. <laughs> yes, straight down to the name <laughs> mm-hmm. Deadpool, Deathstroke <laughs> right. Wade Wilson. Slade Wilson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like it was just it was just a uh, you know Liefeld, and I guess it's also credited uh, Fabian Nices is also the other credited creator. I think mm. with Rob Liefeld, mm. if I remember right. Yep. Sounds about right. That they were just doing, you know, they were coming up with a villain for their X-Force that was coming out at the time. And it was a pretty straight assassinish character, heavily, heavily inspired by an existing one yeah. at uh, DC that they had both probably worked on. I know Rob Liefeld had worked on DC at, at, on uh, Hawk and Dove for a time before going to Marvel. And then it just evolved, you know, over time into the Deadpool we know now, like the fourth wall breaking antihero, similar to Harley Quinn where it went from, yeah. went from more something along the normal lines of a villain to the anti-hero to, like, bridging that line of, like, yeah, sometimes good, sometimes bad, sometimes the middle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, like, it's definitely, like, Deadpool's one that I think did change a lot. I It did happen fairly early, I think. I don't remember for sure because I wasn't reading a lot of that Deadpool stuff. but
1: Yeah, when he, st- he first shows up, he doesn't, you know, there's definitely no fourth walling. There's no goofing around. There's no... I mean, there's none of that. You have that, and then you have a miniseries by Mark Wade, I believe, is the one who wrote it, like a four issue mini mm-hmm. that uh-huh. he wrote that introduces, like, um, is it Copycat? Is that the girl that was like a shape changer that he's he's with or into or something? Right. And I think I'm, I can't remember who else is in it, but it's it's basically like that. It's a very straightforward, you know, action kind of merc thing, and he doesn't become the merc with a mouth until Joe Kelly does the series,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that one's totally. You know, that's, that's the series that basically, you know, defines who he is, you know, ever since then, basically. Yeah. You know, those, those books are the ones that, uh, it's Joe Kelly. And I want to say Ed McGinnis, I think his was, they do that book together mm. and define, you know, He had again, a couple
0: of minis, like you were saying, he had, he right. had at least one or two, like, like four issue minis that, that I remember. And then got. His ongoing, you know, mm-hmm. somewhere around like, you know, it was either after one or two minis or something like that. And that, and that ongoing went on for a long time. I remember. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this was, so do you guys recall how long he was just sort of like the plain Jane just sort of like, you know, mercenary before before I guess like he got a personality? Because I remember for, for me, I remember just being like in junior high and stuff like that, that there was there was a popularity of the character mm. just and I want to say it's the visual. I just think like he, he just had like an arresting look mm-hmm. like it was a cool costume and he looked neat. And I remember like we were all clamoring for like the Marvel masterpieces, uh, you hey. know, yeah. a card of his and everything. But
4: the character came out in New Mutants 98 in right. February mm-hmm. 1991. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. So it wasn't till um, I want to say 97 when he got his own title that he really blew up. Mm-hmm. okay and 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 you're right frank it was joe kelly and ed mcginnis
0: gotcha and so note from our engineer deadpool 28 from 97 was the first fourth wall break okay, ah, okay.
3: With,
0: with the character yeah so yeah so 97 ish is when he got a personality so joe kelly was responsible <laughs>
2: joe kelly was responsible for that change yeah.
1: <laughs> yes yeah, I didn't read it. I didn't read it often, but when I read it, I did remember. I remember enjoying it quite a bit. And there's a pretty good issue where, um, it's like a time travel issue, where mm. Daredevil, not Daredevil, Deadpool tra- <laughs> uh time travels back into an actual issue. I think of it's a of Amazing Spider-Man. It's pretty funny, where it's like panel for panel okay. done <laughs> with him in it, and then you know, uh, Deadpool's, you know. I don't think he. I don't. If I remember correctly, if he knows what's going, like he knows who Spider Man or Peter Parker is, but he's basically playing off the cast. Okay. Okay. Which is which is like a
0: standout issue. So. So they just like reprinted an old issue and put him in there. I believe is like, that. What it is is it like? Is it like that triple episode of Deep Space Nine? <laughs> kind of yes. Kind of okay. yeah.
2: He's like forced Gumped <laughs> into it. Yeah. Basically. Right.
0: <laughs> yep. Basically. I think the the thing. That sticks out for me for, for Deadpool a lot that I think a lot of people forget because he's so immensely popular again, was that there was a point where that character, you know, like they, they weren't doing anything with him. Like he wasn't right. popular. Like people, I think had kind of forgotten about him and, 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 um, and it's funny to say, but, but, you know, Clifton, we talk about it, it's like X-Men origins, the Wolverine movie, the first one mm-hmm. that brings him in. Mm hmm. Is kind of like your moment of when people are like, "Oh, right, this character did exist, and he was fun." Mm-hmm. You know, as like as 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 bad as bad as the the adaptation got for that character <laughs> in that movie. Ultimately, right. at the end, it's still mm-hmm. kind of responsible for like this huge resurgence that we got with the character.
2: Yeah, which one was that? Like two thousand nine was the year on that that happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's right. It was because I remember I remember it was writer's strike. It was the writer's strike year. And I was like, maybe this is the reason. Like, <laughs> maybe maybe, really maybe you so can good. attribute it to that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe writers are
2: important. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, it is funny because working at a comic shop at the time, like I definitely do remember a lot of people coming in to buy Deadpool stuff around the time of that movie and it was like he's terrible in the movie like the movie <laughs> yeah. the movie does nothing good with them right yeah. but still like 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 there was enough of a seed in there that got people interested and then you know ultimately had payoff later when ryan reynolds got to make the movie all these people wanted right
0: right yeah and apparent and, and like you know more than anything outside of the mcu was the thing that's like overwhelmingly like you got to do something with Ryan Reynolds. Like, (laughs) like keep that right. Like you got to keep that Feige. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. which I think is just fun. Yeah. 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 He
1: was pushing. Then Ryan Reynolds is also, you know, champion that for a long time that he wanted it to be, you know, Deadpool wanted to do something. And I think he did that once was this one shot with him in the full costume. And that was pretty much what sealed the deal.
0: Uh, the the one that's like him on the, on, on the bearskin rug or something. Right. I, I don't know for sure, but I just, I just know that he was for a long
1: time. He was trying to get that, get that off the ground. What
4: were we gonna say, Tommy? I, I was gonna say it was that leaked test footage, right? That, that's yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. People, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. People got a taste of that, and like, oh my god, this is what we could have had, you know? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Right. So all right. So who hasn't gone yet? Frank, you I haven't gone, gone yet,
3: right?
0: No, I haven't okay. gone. Throw someone out. So I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Lobo. Okay. Ah, okay. Lobo's one of I, I, I'm not familiar with this one. So explain please. So Lobo first appe- Lobo first appears in Omega Man number
1: 3? Yes. And he looks kind of more like a a rest. clown in a leotard. He looks like a wrestler.
3: Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Sure. Okay.
1: He actually kind of looks like a a, a humanoid version of Thing 1 or Thing 2, actually from yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: Dr Seuss <laughs> Cat in the Hat. Yeah. Okay. yeah yeah
4: yeah yeah you see it yeah He's you'll see, you'll see except the colors are yellow and purple if I'm not yeah, or, or like a, yeah orange and purple orange and purple there it is yes yes
1: so it's one of those things where no, he's you know, no joke he's basically got this he rides like he sort of rides a version of, of a, of a mo- space motorcycle kind of like he does later but it's more of like mm. it's Giff giffen does the issue Keith Giffen does the art on it um and it looks like you know it's typical keith giffen like legionist art which is not a bad thing i, I love that stuff mm. but it's it's definitely not the the you know uh this ain't your daddy's dc comics fanboy you know biker you know biker <laughs> right. in space right. kind of a thing or even like the 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 lobo that we get that's still that kind of version in in giffen and um the matthias's justice league where he's like the 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 really you know hardcore biker in space with, but has a soft spot for space dolphins. Like that's part of his. That's what, mm-hmm. that's the part right. of the thing they think they bring in. Yeah. But yeah, he just starts off as I mean, granted he's intergalactic, like you know, mercenary or bounty hunter in, in his first appearance. But like, if you ask someone what's Lobo, right. They're not going to go mm. with this, this, you know, he's got purple hair. Like in this, thing, when you see the image, we'll okay. put the image up on, right. when we put the episode up. He just doesn't look like that at all. And I think it's not until, Giffen does the, I'm pretty sure it's Giffen does the Simon Bisley books like the mini series. Like we get, like he's, you know, obviously in the nineties, Lobo was, was pretty popular too. You know, he's one of those nineties characters that, that took off and had a bunch of like, you know, there's, there's Lobo and Lobo paramilitary Christmas and, you know, lo, like Lobo, there's one where Lobo goes to hell and heaven. There's one where like the first <laughs> mini series where he finds out that, you know, he, you know, lo, part of Lobo's origin is the fact that he he's, he's so ornery and so mean that he, um, wiped out the rest of his planet because he only wanted to be he wanted to be the only person left. Right, and then he finds out that no, he missed somebody. <laughs> so then he has to go after them. Um, but I mean, they're fun. I mean, they're over the top. They're you know, they're 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 it highly violent. like a Doctor Seuss character, right? <laughs> I just Googled, like yeah, he
0: does. <laughs> right? Doesn't he? Totally I've never look seen like- this before. This is weird.
1: Yeah, I know it's, it'll it's not, it's not what you expect. And it's just one, that, again, I, you know, I, I guess they just hadn't quite gotten cause Ron's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Silfer is the guy, the other, the writer of Omega men, Roger Silfer. Mm-hmm. I almost said Ron Roger Silfer and, and Keith Giffen are credited with Lobo. Right. So it's one of those things where, um, and Roger Silfer wrote, I believe most of Omega men, if not all of it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, again, it's when you think about that look versus, you know, the, the cigar smoking, you know, again biker in space right. that jason momoa mm-hmm. should have played um <laughs> yes and still and still should even now
0: that he's playing aquaman still should still should. in his own clothes like 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 uh, as we've always as we were joking <laughs> we were like you wouldn't even need wardrobe with him just have him no. come in dressed can, in his own yeah, clothes just, and you're like you yeah go. he, he, <laughs> you yeah, just roll up and they can be like action just throw, like splash him with white paint yeah. and go
1: action give us red contacts <laughs> you're done but yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting to me that, cause he appears, his first appearance is in June of 83. And I would say probably, when's the first Lobo miniseries? Let me see. Um, uh, 1997 years later, he is that it's a busy cover with his face and he's biting his lip and mm. drawing blood. Right. That's the, that's right. the first one. Um, you know, and then he's sort of, like I said, he makes some appearances in justice league. The Giffen B. Matthias run, and then he's in the, L- the Legion, the acronym one.
2: Right. Mm. The
1: modern quote-unquote
0: Legion at the time. When I when I was Googling this for the original look, I also tripped over the New 52 Lobo, which I had forgotten about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they tried. To remember when it was a uh, <laughs> Handsome Lobo, we'll call it. Yes, they tried it to. It was Lobo with, cheek, with cheekbones and and like... Leonardo DiCaprio, like from Titanic, like tousled hair. Yeah, they tried to dress him up. Yeah, and yeah. that
1: didn't that didn't quite work. So
0: no, no, I've forgotten all about that. But 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 seeing it now, I'm like, no, everybody hated that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was not a smart move. That, I mean, again, it's one of those things mm. where, you know, I'm not saying go back to the 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 thing one and thing two look either. But at the same time, you know, Lobo works the way Lobo works because you know that's that's the character, that's what it evolved into, and I think that's the one that's. That really resonated with people, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You
4: know, it was crazy. Is looking, I was doing a little research on that character as well. They said it's supposed to be a parody in which it made fun of the Punisher and Wolverine,
1: and it just uh, took off. I, I could see that, but it's not, you know, in a way, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like Lobo has a code. <laughs> I mean, it's no, kinda, not at all. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not, that's not his thing. It's not like there's a, there's a code involved. It just sort of does this, you know, he gets hired for stuff and does it. And then you hope he doesn't come after you for some reason. So.
4: Yeah. But I feel it's, I feel it's a parody of Wolverine in the nineties where I'm the, I'm the, I'm the best there is what I do and what I do ain't good. You know, Mm -hmm. that dirty talking Wolverine that always Mm -hmm. stands people off and just knows, you know, he can beat you no matter who he's up against in the fight. I could definitely see them making fun of Wolverine with that character at that point, right? Right. And he's
2: got the cigar and yeah. everything.
1: Sure. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. the cigar. But, yeah. But that's also again. That's also the, the hairy Arms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's also the part where you know, again, the whole fanboy thing. I think is where you know the derision with the term begins.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does at that time.
1: You know, there was those those, you know, those uh spots for dc comics in the 90s that you could see you know they're probably on youtube We you can find that <laughs> where you know these ain't, again these ain't your you know these ain't your daddy's comics fanboy yeah. you know lobos the only and like they give you quick shots of all the books at the time but you know I don't, if you had your local comic shop in the 90s you probably saw that commercial
2: yeah it would run Ooh, on so. your local cable mm-hmm.
1: yeah <laughs> it did, yeah during, it did. probably during during syndicated superboy or, <laughs> or swamp thing or something right. like that yeah <laughs> so but yeah, Lobo's the one that I, like, I, I always, when I think back on that, that, that ridiculous purple and orange costume, I'm like, wow,
2: <laughs> don't, mm. don't let anybody else
1: see you. It's almost like a, an embarrassing right. high school yearbook <laughs> photo.
2: Yeah, that was a new one for me. I had not seen that before. Hmm. Okay. But I remember when Keith Giffen used
4: the, at least the biggest, my introduction to him was in Justice League International. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love how it, how they introduced him there. Oh my gosh. It, it was nice. It was just the. Nice character moment, and I think if I'm not mistaken, Kevin Maguire uh, mm-hmm. drew the issue. Yes, very nice, very nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. Those are the ones with uh with Guy not having his Guy gets back in the day when when Guy Gardner would you know the old sitcom trope of getting hit in the head would change his personality, <laughs> and he was he was he was kind of demure at that point when Lobo first shows up, and then the the, the greatest is the rematch. Do you remember that, Tommy? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. When basically that- he's actually he's actually Guy Gardner at that point.
4: So. Yeah. What, what's nice on the cover is, and it's like a two-parter. In the yes. first cover, um, you have uh, Lobo like in the face of Guy Gardner, and Guy Gardner whimpers out. Yeah, in the second, co- yeah, 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 like a shrinking violet to um, Lobo's. Yeah. and <laughs> he's um, in his
1: face. Yep. Yeah,
4: and then in the second cover part two, you have him uh, in Lobo's face saying, "I'm back with that childish, immature grin on his face, like he's about mm-hmm. to start a fight." The typical Guy Gardner bravado and I don't give a damn. I'm going to stuff your words down your throat. Yep. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. It was nice. Definitely. Nice. Good word with demure, by the way, mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> that's one
0: you don't encounter every day. I was just like, Whoa. wow, <laughs> good one. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. All right. I have one that um, may be a little controversial. So oh. uh, you tell me what you guys think. Um. Admittedly, some of this I think is 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 just my own like like criticism and, and observations, but I think that there's something there, so I'm going to blur them out. Darth Vader. Okay. <laughs> okay.
4: All right, I, yeah, I won't hit it. I won't hit the chains. Okay, go ahead.
0: Okay. My sense of it. Uh huh. Star Wars seventy seven A New Hope. My sense of it is that he's just intended to be the heavy. Hmm. Right. Okay. I don't think. I don't think that Lucas had any plan Mm -hmm. for Vader being (laughs) Luke's dad when that movie was made. Right. Um and 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 one of the things that that I will I will refer to um is I remember hearing uh Giancarlo Volpe in one of his podcasts, big pull podcasts back in the day. He's um, you know, he's one of the showrunners of Green Lantern in the Animated Series and director on Avatar and um and uh, uh um, one of my um, Dragon Prince, right? Uh, he had worked on Star Wars: The Clone Wars, so he had a relationship with Lucasfilm, and okay. is a big, big Star Wars nut. And and I recall him hearing things about where like Lucas at some point kind of started falling in love with this like Fallen Knight idea, right? Mm-hmm. That sort of changed the direction of where he thought where Vader, the very Vader character was going to go. Right. Do cool. you recall this Clifton? You remember no, it this? It sounds
2: a little familiar.
0: Okay. So I'm just curious what you guys think about that. Because like, to me looking at, at just the, the progression of story in the original trilogy, it seems to me very likely that a new hope comes out and he has not yet made that decision where he's like, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's going to like, right. he's Luke's dad all along. Right. Right. You know, my only disagreement
4: is, and what I came, I found out about it early, um, later in life is his name, right. which is what? Dark mm. father in German.
3: <laughs> <Right>.
4: <laughs> so, I I, I, I mean, again, they could just make the origin as a result of the cool name. So it doesn't mm. really mean anything. But with that name, it sort of leans heavier. Towards a bigger or a more definitive future, as far as mm-hmm. what they're trying to tell with the character. That's my only uh, thing against it. Okay. Because some people that know no, German, it, it, like, it, it, eh, it's, not. it's a good rebuttal, yeah. though. Right.
0: You got me there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. Father in German is V A T E R. So it's close. Mm-hmm. It's pretty yeah. much what they were going it's for. It's close.
4: Yeah. That's my only thing.
2: But no, I think. Yeah, I mean a lot of this stuff clearly was not was evolving along the way and I don't think anyone involved is trying to hide that like anyone in the creation of Star Wars is not trying to say otherwise cuz mm. like the Luke Leia kiss clearly <laughs> clearly yeah, was right, not right. Yeah, was yeah, not done yeah. with a further plan in mind at that oh, yeah, point in nice. time I don't think. Yeah. And and the Vader stuff like I lean I lean both ways. Like I, I feel like it probably wasn't the plan all along. And then, but he did have the name. Like, I don't know if he just had the name Vader cause he thought it sounded cool. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it's all, it's possible either way. It's possible either way, but there are things that change. Like the force evolves between the movies because oh, in the first right. one, the only expression of the force is we do see Vader choke somebody. Oh, um, yeah. And then apart from that, it's, um, some mind tricks the mind trick yep. that Obi-Wan does the mind trick and then and then it's Luke meditating t- to make the Death Star shot basically right. he's, he's using the force to make the shot as opposed to relying on the targeting system and then by the next one you get like the moving stuff like all the telekinesis stuff that wasn't there the first time mm. like the uh, you know we see it in the in the Wampa Cave that that um, the saber yeah, Luke's able to pull the saber to him with his mind. And then the final battle, they're just throwing stuff all over the place with mm, the yeah. force. So there's there's clearly stuff that was evolving in those movies. So I do think there's a very good case yeah. that that was too.
4: I was going to say, I didn't think about that, Clifton, because it's not like if if Obi-Wan could do the telekinesis thing, why do you have to go over the bridge to turn the switch?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I didn't think about that. Yeah. It was something I I recall Ryan Johnson when he was talking about Last Jedi saying um, that he wanted to introduce a new force power because it was like there's a new force power in like every movie Mm -hmm. at that point, which I was like, oh, that's it. And it's one of those things where like I hadn't really like thought about it in that way. But it's it's true. I mean, like, yeah, you don't see anything levitated until (laughs) until the second until Empire right right yeah
3: yeah
4: yeah
2: Yeah. 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 and one of the things that i didn't catch with it always is new is when rogue one came out and they were showing their new their shore troopers they were called they were like the khaki Mm. like the tan and khaki (laughs) stormtroopers yeah yeah and and my first reaction was like i don't like do we need more and then i was like oh wait like every movie literally does have a new stormtrooper like every Mm -hmm. movie had because we got the hawks, we got the snow troopers, and then we got the biker scouts, and then yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a thing too. Like every movie has new storm yep. troopers.
0: So yeah, then I, I was fine with
2: it. I like the short troopers after that. Yeah, no, I was
4: thinking about that too with the electric powers and Return of the Jedi.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah,
4: yeah, yep. you're right. It does. Jeez,
2: huh? <laughs> Let's <laughs> go so back to Darth Vader, though. So
3: <laughs> there are
2: clearly, clearly aspects of him, I do think, changed along the way. Because he does seem like a little bit of a lapdog in, in right. Star Wars when you think about it. Like we, we have the later information that, that shapes our views on him. But if you're only watching Star Wars Star Wars and New Hope and nothing else, mm-hmm. and you've got no knowledge of anything else, then yeah, he's kind of like a lapdog like he's he's mm-hmm. he's under the control of of Gramoff Tarkin even and like the mm-hmm. other he stands up for himself but like the other imperial officers are like scoffing at his religion <laughs> until yeah, yeah. until he puts them in their place but yeah like even then yeah. like like Gramoff Tarkin's like okay calm down
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly Tarkin definitely seems more like the guy calling the shots yeah in 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 that movie, right? And and yeah, of course, Vader is definitely somebody formidable even then. But it's yeah, it it's yeah. I th- I think I think it it's it's evolved and and not you know not n- not saying it as like a gotcha thing. It just you know it's just <laughs> you know hey. I just think that it, that's that's one of the cool aspects of Star Wars that I think gets lost a little bit is that there was kind of like a little bit of like this jazz quality. We're like, we're kind of making it up as we go. Mm. Right. And it wasn't this, this huge, huge, necessarily like, you know, I made this thing and I knew all along that this was going to be episode four and this was right. And then I had these other three, right. It's just sort of like that stuff comes along as like the the longer he plays and has been with the characters. right? right? Yeah. You know? Yeah.
4: Now, so you inadvertently introduced three. What do you mean? Vader.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: The Force. <laughs> and, yeah. evolve, and Stormtroopers.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. And kind of Leia a little bit too. And, yeah. right? and Leia. No, <laughs> yeah. and Leia. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, all right. Who else is out there?
4: Uh, can I divert a little bit away from comics and sci fi? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Please. Uh, for lack of my thinking, family matters.
2: The show on ABC. Oh. <laughs> yeah, never heard. How'd it? you beat Zach to that?
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know,
2: right?
4: So, initially, it was a Cosby show rip, right? Initially, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay. You know, we get Winslow uh, immediately after.
0: Uh, <laughs> um, blue blue collar Cosbys. I, I <laughs> yes, th- was initially yes. was was initially supposed to be the concept, yes. right? Yeah, relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And after Die Hard is what you're saying. And after, yeah, thank you, after Die Hard. (laughs) Wow, for for life, I couldn't think of Die Hard.
4: Okay, Uh, but as it evolved, (laughs) and and this one character jumps on the show, Urkel, who -hmm. was supposed to be in just one episode. And then by the third season, it becomes
1: the Urkel show. Yeah. Changes the whole trajectory.
4: Yes, Mm -hmm. they they, they eliminate extraneous family (laughs) members. Yes, they do. Yes, we often uh, we get yes. And Urkel only becomes more prominent. Mm-hmm. He goes from supporting cast to um being what the 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 reason um he takes over the whole intro basically.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you're <laughs> you're it's, making it's, me think of the awesome Key and Peel sketch. Yeah, it's going to bring up the Key <laughs> yeah, yeah. and Peel sketch. Yeah,
2: no, yeah. no, bring it up, bring it up. Bring it up. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it, but isn't it, isn't it, uh, Reginald Val Johnson's like reaction to Urkel taking over the show? Isn't that what the yes. skit is yeah. about? Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. It is so, curious. so Peel, Jordan, Jordan Peel plays Reginald Val Johnson and he's like talking to like one of the shows produce like is one of the show's producers or like an agent mm-hmm. or something. And then he's mm-hmm. like, like, what it it is not safe for work, so we will post this skit on Let Me Know How It Is But please, do, like, do not watch yeah. this at work without headphones, because there is a lot of f bombs in this. But it is fantastic. <laughs> I love this sketch. Uh, but I think so. So even, but I mean, like, Urkel does have an arc. I think and it happens. You know, I believe. You know, after the show was starting to come down in ratings and everything, and people were not watching it as much, and I think it might have even moved networks. Um, you know, and and there's a lot that people miss, but like, but Urkel and Laura end up being together. What? Yeah, he gets. And his I'm not way. talking. Ste- and I'm not talking <laughs> Stefan Urkel. I'm talking. Yeah, right. Urkel. Like that doesn't count in anything I'm saying. But like, Urkel yeah. starts to starts to evolve over time. And you can see it like very, very subtly in, in in his clothing, where like he's still he's still like a nerd, but like he's like the the suspenders stop coming and he's and he's not wearing like those two tone shoes anymore and stuff. Yes. yes. um longer khakis. <laughs> yeah, <he's laughs> you know, more fashionable, no more, not no
3: emphasis yeah.
4: on high waters.
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> I, I'd argue say
0: he's the only one that gets a solid arc. No one <laughs> no mm-hmm. one else really does. And he's got a got a decent one uh for the last season but i mean but you're right though with like family members like like disappearing because a lot of people think judy like mm-hmm. like the middle sister or the mm-hmm. youngest sister like goes away but i mean but like aunt rachel vanishes after that yeah yeah and, like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> like yes. i mean yeah it's it's a few people that start uh you know uh mother winslow i think is gone by the end <laughs> mm-hmm. of it too. Like, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah
4: yep yeah all to ensure that the new character gets his
0: shine or can't get enough urkel I'll throw another TV one at you, though. Like, that's very much along the same lines. Urkel, I think, is is Jesse Pinkman. I was going to say him. He was on my list. From, from, oh, you were? OK. Yeah. Because he was another one supposed to be killed off after one episode. Right. Yes. Yes. And just sort of like the, the you know, the charisma of the actor or just or mm-hmm. just something about Aaron Paul and the way he played it. And, and, and you know, I, I don't I don't know exactly what the story was, but it just like. You know, they saw something there. I think it has to do
1: with the writer strike as well. That was part of it too. I mean, they liked him and they liked to have him around, but I think it was one of the things where he was only supposed to be around for, I think, the first six, and then mm-hmm.
0: but another yeah. one of those,
1: you know, and then because of the writer strike, they either kept him around or extended his story to fill, you know, to fill until they were going to pick up the story back up again, and then you know, then it became what it was. Mm-hmm. But there's a similar situation, Tommy, with uh, with Walton Goggins. Say. Right? Yes. Yes. With his character Boyd Crowder on where he was supposed to uh, die. Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah. He's supposed to die at the end of the first episode on uh, Fire in the Hole. Yes. Yeah.
1: And then and then they ended up not... So I think it was the same thing, where they ended up not killing him. And then, you know, he's he's throughout most of that series. So... Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. No, and, and it reminds me of another one. Just as you saw uh, as Spike yeah. from Buffy the Vampire
3: mm-hmm. Slayer and Angel. Mm-hmm. Oh
4: my gosh! He turns from popular villain to must-have antihero at the end of Angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, I forgot again all about him. Yeah.
1: Again, now that we're doing them rapid fire, the other one that I thought for sure you were <laughs> going to bring up, Tommy, <laughs> that you so, didn't. Wesley Wyndham Price. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I love his character. Arc. We've talked about um, about uh, Alexi Denisov. You know, I'm, I'm, his character's one. I still maintain his character's arc is one of the best character arcs in all of television. That he starts off as the as the foppish, you know, Wesley Wyndham Price, who's sort of mm-hmm. like a, uh, a a watcher, best boy, yeah, the <laughs> the head boy, <laughs> head boy. There it is. <laughs> yes, at the <laughs> Watchers Council, and he sort of comes in when Giles doesn't follow orders. You know, or no, he comes in because of Faith, right? He's Faith's yeah. first watcher.
4: He's Faith's watch first watcher. Yes,
1: right. Anyway, and then it's one of the things where he evolves from being sort of like this. You know, comedic character to, uh, from in Buffy to, to showing back up on Angel and his character. You know, again, the the, the transformation that he goes through from what he first starts off as, you know, it's just awesome.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It, even when he comes on the Angel, the first episode from Buffy, he becomes a fake vampire hunter. Yes. <laughs> but by mm-hmm. the end of his arc, he really is one. <laughs> he mm-hmm. doesn't have to fake it.
0: He literally turns into the Marlboro man at the, <laughs> at right. the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to I'm going to throw Baxter Stockman out for this, too.
2: (laughs) Okay, from Turtles, from Ninja Turtles, Turtles.
0: because um, one one just like one change was like he was created in the comics in the original Mirage comics. So he first he first appears in Ninja Turtles number two. So he's early. He's very early in in 84. okay, Uh, And so he's a scientist and he's black. And then the cartoon comes along in the 80s and Baxter Stockman is in, in like the first season and he's a white guy. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Right. So that's, so Uh that's, that's, that's like, that's one change. That's just sort of like looking when, you know, when, when you, when you are a fan of the comics, you're like, huh, that's interesting. But the other thing that the 80s series did was that he doesn't have much of an arc in in the comics that I recall, but in the show, he ends up becoming mutated into the fly. Right. Mm. Mm hmm. Into the fly mutant, which announced like what the action figure was and stuff like that. And I in my feeling is that that was sort of like the dominant version of the character that stuck with people. And I think it had to do really with the toy, right? Because like he had multiple appearances in the show as the fly. And then so so jumping ahead to the 2003 animated series, the that's very good, but uh, not a lot of people talk about it. So when Baxter pops up in that series. I recall everybody just sort of like just waiting and anticipating, like, when is he going to become the fly? He's going to get turned into a fly, right? Is it this episode? No, no. no. Okay. It's going to be the next episode, but they're building to this, right? He's going to be a fly. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And it never happens. And 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 really what you get with him is like even kind of a like uh, a much, much darker <laughs> thing that happens. Um, Tommy, you're the only one, I think, of us that watch this like with me, right?
4: Yeah, no, I, I remember it. I'm trying to think what they turned him into,
0: but it was gross. <laughs> it, 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 right. So, yeah, you never you never see it happening. Mm-hmm. But basically for all of his failures, Shredder tortures him every time he fails at something. Okay. So every time you see him after effect, there's a part of him missing. <laughs> right. So, like, you see him at one point, he's got like he's got like an eye patch. And then the next time you see him, he's got like a robot arm. And then the yeah. next time you see him, right, he's got like a robot leg. And then like yeah. uh, like to the point where like he's a he's a brain and an eyeball in a jar. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like yes, hooked up to a yes. computer. Like it is so dark.
1: Mm. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he was, like, was going to be like Jeff Goldblum and like Brundlefly and like pieces of him are in the no. jars in his, his medicine cabinet. Uh,
0: uh, no, don't bring no.
1: out the fly. Yeah,
3: oh.
4: <laughs> yeah. Nah, basically it's like if Thanos went too far with nebula basically right Ah. Okay. right yeah gotcha but it, in fact it in fact yeah oh my gosh shredder was worse than thanos yeah because <laughs> yeah he's basically a, a brain in a jar up at the end yeah yeah i didn't think
0: about that yeah yeesh yeah so he never becomes a fly in that show but then the 2012 ninja turtles he comes back uh and is introduced pretty early like, you know, like fifth episode or sixth episode of the first season, but he becomes the fly. I want to say by season two. Hmm. Yeah. So, as was the same.
1: Yeah. I have one more. Okay. One that I, that I think is, is that kind of gets overlooked because um, generally it's the same character all the way throughout. But again, a lot of what I think we know of the character comes later from their first appearance or their first outing, and that would be Wolverine.
2: Right. Yeah, I was thinking about mm-hmm. Wolverine too.
1: You know that Wolverine first shows up. He's you know in the yellow and blue like spandexy superheroy costume. Mm-hmm. And he's got the kitty cat whiskers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and there's none of the like you know he's a mutant. He's a healing factor. He's the best there is at what he does. What he does isn't pretty. um At that point, I think um, Len Wein didn't like. There was no. They didn't know for sure whether the claws were a part of him or they were gloves.
0: Right. Yeah. He said they were gloves. Right. I heard on a writer's panel Le- okay. said that like when he, when he thought of the character, he thought that the gloves had the claws and it wasn't, it wasn't him. It wasn't a part of him. Right. Cause
1: <laughs> I watched, I'd seen that the, there's a Claremont um, like documentary that came out about Claremont's time with, you know, with X-Men over 30 years and stuff. And they get to the mm-hmm. point of when they get to the basically um, all new, all different X-Men, um, you know, he wanted to use Wolverine, but he was no one really. There was no real backstory on him, so he had to create all that stuff with you know Department H and Canada, and and that he was he he was the one that really you know decided to push for the idea of like oh no, you know every time these claws come out, he's basically they're coming out of him and it's wounding him, and he's like and he's like mm. the, the fans are going to eat this up because it's so you know it's so weird and disgusting and cool at the same time <laughs> <laughs> that every time he pops his claws, no, it's it's making incision like you know it's bursting through his hand. <laughs> so right you know i I, it's one thing's right he's you know he's sort of you know it's it's sort of a a thing where he at the beginning he is you know kind of you know i guess more of a superhero secret agent kind of a thing Mm -hmm. but not really like it's not again all the stuff i think that he eventually evolves into is because of the miller um miller and claremont miller the miniseries for sure gives us all like the the you know um japan the the japan stuff and and Marco and all that, you know, even though yeah, she yeah. appears earlier in the in, in Claremont and Burns run. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of the atmospheric stuff that we attribute to Wolverine doesn't come until much later.
0: Right. I'm I'm thinking about the opening of that Wolverine movie, which I swear I did not intend to come in to this episode and bring it up <laughs> twice. Okay. I promise. Kay. But but I am thinking of that intro where like you're seeing him like he's fighting in the Civil War and he's fighting right. in World War II. And he's fighting like all of that stuff to me is I'm like, there's no way. There's no way from that like giant size X-Men number one. No. Right. No, of course not. When he comes back that people were like, yeah, he's really, you know, he's 120. Yeah. Yeah, Like 200 years (laughs) old or 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 whatever. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, No, no. I agree
1: with you there. That's, that's the (laughs) other thing too, is the fact that no, there's no, there's no, no indication that that's what they thought of,
0: you know, when
1: Mm -hmm.
3: they
0: introduced him. So that all comes along later. I'm curious. Would you guys, would you guys put. Put venom into this into this uh, group too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you would. Yeah, if you yeah
4: if you if you take it from the origin story from Secret Wars where he literally finds a ball
0: and it makes (laughs) itself into a costume. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. Sure.
4: The trajectory from that to what it is now in the movies, and Mm -hmm. that's and that's on Mm -hmm. the far end of the spectrum. I'm not even saying I don't even know what they've done with the comics as far as um, didn't um, the King in Black and all that. Yeah, the king. Yeah, oh my God, that's still it too.
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: it's still progressing even to that direction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's definitely one because Venom was, you know, originally it was, you know, I've got this grudge with Spider Man and because of of something that uh, Peter David storyline, <laughs> you know, it's one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I read a thing a couple of days ago um, on Facebook that Ron Friends had posted about trying to get to the, you know, the origin of who created Venom and that there was some talk of, they had a, a thing where you could design Spider-Man's new, like it's kind of like someone sent in a costume design for Spider-Man's new costume. And it happened to be black and white, but it's not the Venom costume. It's not it at all. It's a totally, it's a totally different costume. But then the idea of like how the evolution of Venom becomes from, um, you know, from being what he first is to like the Eric Larson's the one that attributes the, like the, the tongue dripping with slime is that's his first yeah. thing that he's mm, the one who yes. came up with that. So it's mm. again, it's a piecemeal step after step, you know, evolution of the character to like right. like tommy was saying what it is now where it's you know they just had a big event with you know all the the, the king in black and all the symbiotes and you know all that stuff to the movie that just came out mm-hmm. you know, right
0: it's a big it's a big change from it that's probably why he was he was so you know close to the, to the front of my mind for that is is the fact that the movie's out there but i do think when i think about the character first honestly i kind of think of that You know, that, uh, like him stalking MJ stuff to get at Peter, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like the really, like, like you know, just he's, he, you know, his apartment just like, you know, empty except like the weightlifting bench and like in like that, (laughs) all the photograph cutouts of Peter and Spider Man all plastered all all over his wall. Like, yeah, like that's kind of what I think of Venom first. Sure. Is that? And then it's like, yeah. And then, and then you look at like, you know, the movie, uh, Hmm. you know, and, and like certainly in the 90s when he was, definitely anti-hero and you know he's you can you can play as him in like the maximum carnage video game and stuff like that mm-hmm. like yeah, the, the great, lethal protector you know? yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely like you said it starts off that way and it's very much a much more personal thing and it's it's a lot more let's you know it's much more down to earth at that point even though this is mm-hmm. a you know an alien parasite from outer space you know mm-hmm. there is none of that you know it comes from a planet of symbiotes you know, there's a whole, you know, eventually a family thereof, you know, when we talked about Maximum Carnage before, Um, that all that, that you find out that there's, you know, there's more people or, or Grace wouldn't, when, when, um, I don't know, I guess we weren't talking about it. I guess we were talking about it before or after the, 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 one of the recordings, but the idea that Maximum Carnage is the start of all that stuff with the idea of like there being a symbiote family kind of a deal. Um, right. But no, just the idea that, that when you take it past the fact that it's just, you know, vengeance to that, to being way back out in outer space. It's amazing that the character is what it is now.
0: Oh yeah. Right. I think kind of the commonality that we've sort of tripped over throughout this discussion is that like, if you're in comics, it typically is, is like fan popularity. Right. That's sort of the result of, of, of the character sticking around. It's sort of like having like these, these legs in a different direction. And if you're on a TV show, it's some kind of combination of like, wow, like you're really good on set or something, or like, you know, you brought something oh, yeah. to the character that was not <laughs> oh, yeah. there on the page when they initially brought it out. And, you know, which which I thought, like, really leading up to this episode, I thought that maybe there was going to be more diverse uh, uh, reasoning for these characters to sort of like have the life that they've had. And, and I'm kind of shocked that, you know. Like we didn't talk about like who we were gonna bring up before the show. Like we're just kind of like throwing out who who we had had in our notes and stuff like that. And they're all kind of like falling falling in the same category. Like they're all like Harley Quinn really popular, Deadpool really popular. Like (laughs) you know, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Wolverine really popular.
0: (laughs) Yep. We were saying at the top of the show that like that Batman had a lot of these, but Spider Man's got a lot of these instances too. I think, and I think that Mm -hmm. you know, his may be a little bit different. Whereas I think that Spider Man is one of the books that I can think of where like you actually got to see like progression of supporting cast and stuff like mm. that. Like you really got to see like people have arcs that that stuck, and not not to say that other characters don't, but I mean it's Spider Man kind of s- sticks out to me as like the gold standard for this. Um, and and like you know I think I think Harry I think Harry Osborn is one of those too. Where like mm. you know I, I I I doubt very much. Plans to have him as the Goblin when the character was first created, <laughs> right. right? Right, but no. but you know, you know the time comes and and, oh. and that's and that's where we're at. At that point, they couldn't agree on who the Goblin was.
4: <laughs> oh, right. but no, let me let me say something back. What Zach was saying. Sorry to interrupt you guys, real quick. No, good. Zach, I think you hit the nail on the head. But like, uh, I was going back and reading the stuff with Batgirl, and DC legit retired the character in eighty eight with a uh, comic. Hence what gave mm. Alan Moore his reign over it. But I think you hit the nail on the head because it reminded me... And <laughs> I just lost it. I was going to say, there's a character that came back. Oh, my God. Where are we going? Talk it out. <laughs> no, because you sparked it. And I was mm-hmm. looking at through lines to see characters that legit people didn't care. And then all of a sudden, they're thrown out there. Uh, and then made bigger than life because an editor didn't care what didn't care about the uh the potential of the character, but one guy had the idea. And Frank, you said it with Lobo, same thing. Um Mm -hmm. but oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, it was just in my head (laughs) crying inside. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh Looks like sounds like No, but Frank, you know, and Frank when I bring (laughs) it up to you be like, Yeah, that works. Okay. Okay. But think about a character that people had no potential in and then it came back. Because someone like, hey, I, th- I got an idea for a character. Well, my my back of my head was rogue, but something mm. grander than rogue uh, came out as okay. a comic book character. But yeah, but think about a character that no one cares. And then it makes a triumphant resurgence. Another one is Captain Marvel. But oh my gosh, it, 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 the, the mm. more I'm thinking about what, what Zach said, it just opens the door for all these characters that's, that saw resurgence just on your thought pattern alone. Daredevil, maybe? No, but he's he's almost there. Animal Man. He's <laughs> almost there, right? No, I mean,
3: not the co- animal, the costume I,
0: changes a lot, but yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, but no, Animal Man's another one. A throwaway character that gets mm-hmm. its uh, gets its um, reprise or beginnings based upon the concept and it just flies forward. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm at the... <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so hurt. I'm so hurt. Because it just jumped in my head and it's a fan favorite for uh, Frank. And I can't mm. for the life of me think about it.
0: Um
3: oh, about
0: we, are, we it already <laughs> said Wesley, so it's not <laughs> it. No, it's not yeah, yeah, I know, right?
4: Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Is it from
0: moonlighting? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a it's it was a
4: couple character and I just had it fresh in my head. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry.
0: Oh, I'm I'm <laughs> no, crying inside. Okay. No, there's there's Look I mean like the, what what we said in this episode is is just like the tip of the iceberg, I think there's a ton of characters that really you know we could we could find that sort of like fit into these parameters as well. so you know if, if you go, if you listeners out there can think of any that we missed, certainly, let us know in the comments or on Twitter. um we're gonna start wrapping up, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap up with um we we, we have our choice so you can name a character that you would like to see evolve into something else from what they are now or if you guys want, you can list a character that that you think the evolution didn't work and you would like to see it revert back to what they originally created. So you, got, you pick one or the other, either or whichever one you want. But first, if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is dot Please, however you find us, don't forget to like, subscribe and leave us a review. And finally, if you have any topic suggestions, send them our way either on Twitter or in the comment section Our Twitter handle is our show's initials L.M.K.H.I.I. Alright, so who wants to go first for uh, Either or I'll go first Okay The
4: whole concept of Watchmen (laughs) The whole thing Past 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 Alan Moore Oh, okay I would have been fine If it was that And nothing else Like, now mind you, I like what they did With the show not the movie. I was gonna say, you like the show though. Right? I love this I love the show. Okay. I did not care for um, what's the miniseries where they say that Dr.
0: Manhattan? Doomsday clock. Oh, oh
3: yeah.
4: doomsday, okay. Didn't care for Doomsday Clock. I keep forgetting clock. about
0: like, that stuff. I thought I thought you were gonna be talking about before Watchmen and all that stuff. Well that too. hmm Um it it to me it
4: stands as a great uh one and done. I mm-hmm. love the show, but every time they tried to add to it and incorporate it with the DC universe, it's just why, why, why? Mm-hmm. Um, I was tired of it. Even when I invested the time to try and think they could, they had a great idea. They didn't.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: It was just a lot of padding on something that was finely cooked. You know?
0: Yeah. It's like they oversalted the no, meal every you. time. <laughs> I think I don't think that it ultimately will have any real effect on the book on the book's staying power, the, the original. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think just my opinion, I feel that that. A large part of the that book's success outside of just the fact that it's amazing and well done. Is is the accessibility of it that it's not about characters that appeared anywhere else. Even though yes, they are like archetypes based off of the Charlton characters. I think the fact that they are new characters, and not just the Charlton characters were that have like this history of, you know, 20 years, 30 years publication someplace else, I think makes the book a lot more easy for new people that may not even be in the comics, right, mm-hmm. to get their head around and like and, and much and much more easily, like here it is, you can just hand somebody the volume. this is it. It's all of it. Here we go yeah right yeah. until about whatever 2008 to that right <laughs> yeah yeah but that's
4: my decision my, my
0: choice
2: okay but the show is excellent the yes. show is right. <laughs>
4: so good
1: yes frank how about you uh i do have one and i don't like i don't okay. particularly like what they've evolved the character into um and that would be she hulk ah Okay. I don't, okay. I don't I don't currently like Jason Aaron's take on She Hulk. I didn't mind the one out of out of Civil War two where Jen is going through the like the the, the, the post traumatic stress stuff after um well at the time Bruce's death. Um mm-hmm. obviously he got better because it's comics. But I, I think that the <laughs> that I've read what I've read about it, like basically making her mindless and making her like every other Hulk practically okay. doesn't really work for that character. I haven't really enjoyed it. Right. Um, usually I love Jerry Snare stuff. I think he's a great writer. Mm-hmm. I just think this is not the best take for the character. And I, it's one of those things where I don't think we're going to get that at all when we get um, the Disney plus show. I'm no. sure they'll, okay. I would assume I was that they're not going, I mean, we might get a, t- a touch or like a, like a nightmare sequence or a touch or a taste of it here and there. But overall, I think it'll be more along the lines of, again, that's another character that starts one way as a savage she Hulk. And then the one that I think everyone kind of resonated with was Burns kind of fourth walling, you know, lawyer slash superhero. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll get more right. of that when it actually comes out. But yeah, I just haven't enjoyed the current take. And I wish they'd, you know, revert her back to what she normally, well, what I know her as, is
0: She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for that show, though. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for that show. I'll jump ahead um, and say somebody that, I, that I'm sure I've said over the course of, of, of the show, but I'm going to say Tim Drake. Um, Ah, as as somebody who needs to evolve to be something better Um, Mm -hmm. I love Tim Drake I absolutely love 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 him and and one of the things that I like about as I've said in previous episodes the Robin mantle is I liked it it's kind of like your training wheels and it's sort of like when you come into the bat family like everybody wears the Robin mantle and then they graduate to something else and uh, right. I don't know that that was intentionally ever the idea, but I like that it. it just kind of worked out that way. Um, and we have a lot of history on our side that says that that's sort of like that's the way that this goes. Um, the period where Tim Drake became Red Robin is like is is very bittersweet to me because on one hand, it is him graduating to his own identity, which I love. But I think the character deserves better than to give him a recycled Dick Grayson <laughs> right like mantle yes. from an yes. Else Worlds that really yes. has no bearing yeah. anywhere else other than the fact that it's a cool story and people like it right and so yes. red Red robin doesn't feel like like the direction is nice but it doesn't feel like the identity they should have landed on and then right. no and then when ben when benness came on board and they try and then and then gave him like drake as his name mm-hmm. which i was like okay <laughs> like like I'm like I think I think you're in the same ballpark as me. We're like you think he deserves better than Red Robin, but you know. And I get that Drake player. is a bird, and I think right. that it's cool right. that there should be kind of like a bird motif in, in this. But like for it to be his last name, come and on. he needs a Josh.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: right.
0: and, he, and, he, and
1: he needs a Josh, so
0: right. That would be his sidekick. I I always felt
4: that that's what they should have named Jason, mm-hmm. just to mark how he killed a lot to make him red mm. robin that always mm. made more sense to me and nah. i finally okay. oh and sorry to derail it again for the second time i was thinking mm. winter soldier bucky yeah
1: yes <laughs> oh, okay. that's
4: what was in my head yes
2: yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's a good one Ooh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's evolved a lot a yes
4: lot. yes that's what i was thinking but going back to what zach was saying i i i agree with you with that character i completely agree with you um He turned out to be the most promising Then now he's the least cared about now for no reason Mm -hmm. other than Mm -hmm. no one has sparked a a good pathway for this character. No, I agree with you. 100% Zach.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. all right so okay guys so like i said you know if we forgot anybody let us know in the comments or on twitter as always we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on let me know how it is.com please remember to like us and follow us on social media and we will see you guys next week have a good one